Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. If you've been around here, you, 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 you see our signings that our vision is that it's all about life change. And so I believe when we teach series like we're teaching and finishing this morning, it's really a catalyst for life change to happen in, in your life and in your family and in your heart. And one of our core values around here is that we believe that we're a growing church. And, and what I mean by that, one of our, our values or our goals is that we're learning to live a life of faith. I mean, that's something that you learn to do. That's something we need to hear about a lot because the Bible actually says that faith is the key. If, the, if you have something that is the key, how many know it's, it's something that opens something, it starts something, it increases something, and so we have been doing a series called Faith Works. The reason why we called it Faith Works is because, how many know faith works? But you also have to learn to do what? Work your faith. And so we are wrapping this series up. Uh, we took a week off last week. Uh, Pastor Shane did a great job teaching you guys last weekend, and so we're going to wrap up this series this morning and start a brand new series next week. What if I told you that there were some things in your life that you need to become progressively free from. I'm going to teach you about that next month. That'll be the theme for, for the month of April. But I, I want you to imagine this. I want you to imagine that. Uh, imagine your dream car or a brand new car. Uh, imagine getting in that car. You know how that new car has that new car smell? That, let, let's just picture that it's the car um, that you've always wanted and you've got all the accessories that that, that you've always wanted, and you're, you're sitting in that car, and let's say that you actually purchased that car, and you go out, and you've, you've signed the papers, and you're sitting in that car, and you've got the keys, and you put the keys in that car, and you start that car up, and I know, depending on what kind of car that is, or truck, or vehicle, that depends on what it's going to sound like at that moment, but you're going to start that car up. Let's say that you, you have it running, and maybe you kick the radio on, and you got your lean on, and you, 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 the stereo's bumping, and, you, and you're adjusting the mirror just to see how good you look, and you're, you're sitting there, and maybe you even rev the engine up a little bit, and you're looking good, and you're feeling good, but how many know that wouldn't be enough? You would have to put that car in gear and press on the accelerator if you were going to go anywhere, if you were going to make any progress, or you were going to go forward. I know that's a no-brainer, but I want to talk this morning about why your faith accelerates. So we took a week and we talked about this. We said, um, how does your faith arrive? Then we talked about when is it activated, because those are two different things. So faith comes by hearing and hearing the words of Jesus. So faith arrives when you hear and you agree with the word of God. But it, then it needs to be activated. And faith is activated when you do what? You, you hear, you agree, and you agree, and you begin to decree. That's when faith is activated when you speak the word of God. But I want you to know there's another phase or another level when faith goes from being active or activated to accelerating in your life. And so we're going to go to Romans chapter 4, <clears throat> and we, we've been on this verse as sort of our theme, and I want to add a few verses. I've added a, added a few verses every week in this series. Look at someone and say, this is about to be good. Romans chapter 4 says, therefore, the promise comes by what? The promise comes by faith. There are things God has promised. The Bible says this, the promise comes by faith. 
so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all of Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but to those who have the faith of Abraham. He's the father of us all. So what that scripture means is this. If you were born to a certain nationality, you would be a child of Abraham. Or if you were born by faith, uh, uh, reborn, born again, you're a Christ follower, then the Bible says you're also the offspring of Abraham. And the Bible very clearly tells us that all of the promises of God are provided to you and to me via what? Grace. By the generosity of the goodness of God. But all of those promises are obtained by what? Our faith. They're given by the grace and the goodness of God. They're received by our faith in the goodness of God. Everyone say, God is good. So verse 17 says this, as it is written, I've made you the father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life and the God who uh, gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were, no, that were not. So we're seeing here the essentials of faith. Faith comes by hearing. Faith is activated by calling things according to how God sees and says them. And so a, a good working definition of faith is that faith is a confident trust or a full persuasion in someone or something. That's what faith is. It's I trust in something or I have a confident persuasion in someone or something. So we could just say this. Faith is our proper response to all of the promises of God. If there's a promise in the Bible, the Bible says it's yes and it's what? Amen. In other words, if there's a promise from God, it's a yes from God, and you need to put your amen to it. Amen means so be it. If there's a promise that God gives on healing, put your amen to it. If there's a promise from God for peace or healing, you can put your amen to it. Whatever God has promised is, is, is given to you from the goodness of God, the grace of God. It's a gift, but it's only received by what? Faith. But we have to hear about these promises for faith to be activated. And we have to declare those promises for faith to be activated. Well, Now let's read on a few verses I want to add to this to, to build on how faith accelerates. How many want your faith to accelerate? Verse 18. <clears throat> so against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of, all, of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your, your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but he was strengthened in his faith and he gave glory to God. He was fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. What that verse is all about is God came to Abraham who did not have a son and God said, you're going to be the father of many nations. The problem with that was Abraham and Sarah were pushing a hundred years old. How many know that's not the stage in life you want to have a little one? But God gave him this promise and the Bible said, because Abraham continued to believe in spite of the impossibility that what happened in his life was that faith promise that he grabbed a hold of was manifested, and Abraham became the father of many nations. Now, let, let's jump to the book of Hebrews and find out uh, what Hebrews says here in, in chapter 11. Uh, chapter 11 in Hebrews, we call it the Hall of Faith. There are men and women who are listed uh, that did many, many um, great things as far as their faith goes. And, and we see Abraham here, and it expounds on what we just read. Chapter 11, verse 8. By faith, 
Abraham when he was called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance. He obeyed and he went even though he didn't know exactly where he was going. But by faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived there in a tent, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. Verse 10, for he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past this childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had been the promise. She considered who? Faithful. God faithful. That's our job, to consider God what? Faithful. Verse 12. And so from this one man, and he he as good as dead, came all the descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. So we have this account of Abraham, who is the father of faith, who didn't have children. God gave him a promise in old age to have these children. God told him to get up and leave where he was at, leave the comfort zone and go to a new town, a new area. And God would make him the father of many nations. And because he didn't waver on that faith, God was true and God was faithful. And Sarah considered God faithful. So I have a question for you. And here's the question this morning is, is faith all you need? Is faith all you need? Well, if we learn that faith arrives when we hear the words of Jesus and we agree with them, and we agree with those words and we declare those words, that's when faith is activated. But is faith enough? Now, before I answer that question, because it's quiet up in here, no one wants to have the wrong answer. I want to show you a screen that I've showed you over the last couple of weeks. There are some things that can frustrate your faith. Some of them speak for themselves. You know, ignorance, and I don't mean by that that you're an ignorant person. I just mean you don't know. How many know you have to have revelation? You didn't know God was a healer until you read the scripture or heard the sermon that God's a healer. Some of you didn't know about grace until we preached grace. Some of you didn't know you were the favorite of God until that was preached. So, Ignorance, doubt, unbelief, impatience, unforgiveness, making inner vows, pridefulness, words, saying the wrong words. We learned that last time. But I want you to focus in on that that one word there, idleness. Idleness is the lack of activity or the lack of action. So in this series about how faith works, is faith really all you need? Is faith enough? James chapter 2, verse 14. What good is it, brothers and sisters, if someone claims that they have faith, but they don't have any deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose there is a brother or a sister, and they're without clothes and they're without daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, be well fed, but they don't do anything to help those physical needs, what good is that? But look at verse 17. In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, it's what? It's dead. You want to start making some points? Here's life point number one. Faith by itself is not enough. That may come as a shock since we're talking about how important faith is. 
But if we have to hear and agree and agree and decree, we also have to decree and do. That's a spirit of faith. James said, if all you have is faith coming and arriving, and all you're doing is speaking faith, that's actually not enough. It's part of the process. It's part of working faith. But there's another element that James says has to be attached to our faith. So just having faith by itself is not enough. The Bible says if you don't have any works attached to your faith, there are diff- different translations uses some different words. One translation says if there are no works attached to your faith, it's barren. Your works are barren. Another translation says that your, your faith is unproductive. Another translation says your faith is worthless. We just read a translation that said, without any works, your faith is dead. It's barren, it's unproductive, it's idle, it's dead, it's worthless. Faith by itself is not enough. Now, some of you may be shocked by that statement, <clears throat> but I want to I prove how this works. Because we're learning about working your faith. How many of you, it was revelation when you started hearing I've got to hear the words of Jesus, not just the Bible, but the words of Jesus. I've got to hear it frequently because when I do and I agree with it, faith comes. How many of you, that was a good moment when you heard that. How many of you were like, you had a moment when we started talking about, you also have to say what the word says. That's how faith is actually released. How many, maybe you have never heard that and you started hearing that and you realized how important my words are. I want you to know just as important as hearing the words of Jesus and just as important as declaring the words of Jesus, having some faith action is just as important. So faith by itself is never enough. Ready for life point number two? Faith is demonstrated through action. It's demonstrated through action. There has to be corresponding action to your faith. I'm going to make a bold statement to you. You know what the evidence of faith is? It's not just hearing. It's not just declaring. But the evidence of your faith is action. The evidence of your faith is not the manifestation or the answer from God. It's actually your action toward that. So just faith by itself is not enough. And faith is always demonstrated by actions. Now let me clarify something. Your actions or your works, as the Bible uses that word, your works don't save you, but your works prove you're saved. Your works don't redeem you, but your works show you are redeemed. If we're people of faith, we're word of faith people, there should be some word of faith action attached to our believing and our speaking. Y'all get that? I have to believe, I have to speak, I have to act on that. That is a spirit of faith. That's how faith works. That's the works of faith. The Bible says some things about your faith. As being a Christ follower, it says we walk by faith. Another place it says we live by faith. What does that mean? That means we walk and live in a certain area, and we're so familiar with it, we could actually do it in our sleep. We could actually navigate our way through because we're used to living in an area of faith. So the Bible says we live by faith, we walk by faith. Um, for, for example, 
Now, I, I know I've used this example before, but you're probably so used to walking through your house because you know where everything's at that you could probably do it without thinking about it. The Bible says that's the place we need to live as believers, that we're so used to living by faith, hearing the words of Jesus, speaking the words of Jesus, and putting action to our faith. That's just how we roll. That's just how we live. That's just how we breathe. The just live by faith. The just walk by faith. That's called a spirit of faith. The word spirit means an attitude of faith or a disposition of faith. As a believer, what should our attitude be or our disposition? It should, this should be our, our attitude, our disposition, that I keep hearing the words of Jesus. I keep agreeing with them, declaring them, and I act on those. I act like that is true. I behave the way I do because I believe the faith I have in Jesus. I believe what I'm believing for. I act like I've already received it. That's why I declare it. That's why I act so. Even if it looks like it's an impossibility, that's why Abraham and Sarah believed God. Now, I love this story. I'm not going to read it to you, but God spoke to Abraham and said, you're going to be the father of many nations without, without a son. When God spoke to him again, the Bible said he was, Abraham was in a tent and God took him outside of the tent and said, look at the sky. What do you see? There were stars everywhere. And God said, just like there are stars everywhere, those are going to be your descendants. But God had to get him out of the tent because he couldn't see the stars when the tent was over him. That's what God has to do with you. He has to get you outside the circumstance, the tent, the problems, the situations, and say, look at the word of God. Look at the promises of God. Look at those. And the Bible said that God spoke to Abraham and said, you need to get up, leave what you're familiar with, leave your family, leave where you're at, go to a place I'm sending you. All that was part of the process. So it wasn't just hearing that God had a destiny for him. It wasn't just believing that even though he, they were barren, that they could have a child, they had to get up and get out of town where they're at and go to a a new area for all of God to, to bring about all of those things. We have to leave the place of doubt. We have to leave the place of unbelief, get up and move toward the things that God has promised us. Thank you for your round of applause. <laughs> and you know what? Sometimes, sometimes we look at a situation and our need or our want or the conditions or the challenges or the limitations that may be around us look huge. And we're wondering how can we put action to what we're believing for, what we're needing, how can we put action to that when that looks so much bigger than us? And we wonder if we have enough faith. And I want you to know that the key is this. The Bible says that you are given a measure of faith. Here's what that means. When you heard about God, when you heard about the work of Jesus, when you hear the word of God, you have enough faith in you to respond to who God is and what God is in your life. You have enough faith for that. And if you can have enough faith in the faithfulness of God, you can move toward that thing which you're believing for. And listen to me. It may seem huge and your faith may seem small, but Jesus actually said, all it takes is a little bit of mustard-sized faith. You don't have to know the whole Bible yet. You just have to know the character of God. You just have to know the promises that he's made you in that particular situation, and you can start taking some baby steps toward it. Just for example, maybe you're at a place and you're like, I'm believing for a new car. And you don't know how it's going to work out. You don't know how, to, how all that's going to happen, but you just take some baby steps. What would the baby steps maybe be? Maybe you need to kick the tires on a few cars. Or maybe you're like, I'm believing God for a new house or a bigger house. 
Maybe the baby steps are just go start looking at some houses. Because sometimes we wait and we hesitate and just getting out there and getting something moving. Are you hearing me? Just getting something moving, some momentum, guess what it starts to do? It starts to stir up your courage. It starts to stir up your, your, your energy, your faith energy. And sometimes we just need to take some baby steps in that direction. Because I wrote it down this way. When you start moving, each step creates momentum. And that momentum moves you forward because your momentum precedes the monument. You say, what's the monument? The monument is when, when it manifests and you say, God did that right there. That's a monument. I'm driving the car. I'm living in the house. I've got my healing. I've got my breakthrough. That is the monument. That's the marker of when it showed up. But we know the evidence was when you started moving toward it, you took some steps of movement and those steps of movement created some momentum. And we've talked about momentum. It's hard to define, but you know when you have it and when you don't. You know, right now we're watching March Madness. Anyone enjoying, any, any, anyone vegging out on March Madness? It's just amazing what you can get, what you cannot get done in a few hours by <laughs> uh, watching March Madness. But, I, I, you know, me and Pastor Diane did these brackets, and, and I'm, I'm winning right now. And it's going to come down to one game. I mean, my bracket's busted, but it's going to come down to one game if she beats me or I beat her. But right now, I'm ahead in the points, so pray for me, because I don't want to lose to her. <laughs> as long as I can win, I'm going to trash talk, but if she wins, I'm going to say, you need to walk in love. <laughs> but here's the thing that amazes me. How many of those games come down to the last minute or two? And whoever makes a play, whoever makes a free throw... Whoever makes a defensive stop, whoever gets a rebound. So here's what I'm saying to you. You may be down to the last couple minutes of your breakthrough. And if you keep playing some defense or you keep, you keep going after some rebounds or whoever gets the loose ball, whoever wants it the most, whoever makes the play is usually who advances, who moves on. So what if I said to you this morning that, it may be the last few minutes before your breakthrough. Who's going to get the loose ball? Who's going to grab the rebound? Who's going to make the stop? Who's going to make the play? That's what faith is. It's action. It's the movement. That's what God told Abraham. You need to move from where you've been, the comfort place, the comfort zone. What you were living on from yesterday. What you've, what you've just allowed yourself to accept. The level that you've just said well, this is just me. This is just how our family's been. You've got to make some movement. Where does it start? Hearing that you could be on a different level. You've got to keep hearing that. And then you say what God says. But then you've got to make some movement toward it. Well, I'm just waiting on God. I'm just waiting on Jesus. We're just waiting, waiting. When God says faith has some what to it? Some movement. And so I'm not talking about crazy, stupid faith. I'm talking about some real, genuine, faith-filled, start moving toward it. You're ready for the last life point. This is the best one. This is where I want to spend a moment. So what have we said? That faith just by itself, it's not enough. The Bible tells us that. Just by itself, it's not enough. Faith is actually demonstrated when you push on the accelerator and put some action to it. But here's the last life point. This is good. You ready? God responds to your action with his action. Thank you for the shouts and the amens. God always responds to your action with his action. I want you to think about that. 
if you're waiting on God, God might be waiting on you to just move a little bit, take a baby step, create some momentum, make a movement. And when you create some action, what does God do? God responds. How's God respond? Good job. No, God responds with what? So proud of you. No, how does God respond? His action. How many know when God moves, mountains move? How many know when God moves, creation happens? You know, when God moves, things what? They change. That's why we need faith. Because faith literally changes things. Anyone have something in your life that needs to change? It could be outward. It could be inward. You might be sitting beside them. I don't know this morning what the deal is. I don't mean change the person. I mean like they need to change. But it's such a cool thing to know that, man, when, when I step into some action, what's God going to do? He's going to respond by his actions. And this is a book of the actions of God. All right, I, I want to read to you a portion of a, a story. This is the New Testament. And the Bible tells us there was this lady for like 12 years had a medical condition. She had a, 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 a hemorrhaging, a bleeding condition in her body. And if you, you know, if you have that kind of condition, you're going to be extremely weak. And the Bible says this, that she went to all the doctors. They couldn't fix her. She spent all she had to get well, and nothing was changing. Nothing was getting any better. She was in a desperate, depleted situation, and we pick up in verse 27. When she heard about Jesus, everybody say heard. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the words of Jesus. So when she heard about Jesus, now she had done everything else, but she heard about Jesus. And she came up behind him in the crowd and she touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. So here's this lady in this condition. She heard about Jesus. She said, if I can just touch his garment, I'll be healed. And then she did something. She touched his garment. But that's not the end of the story. Verse 29 says, and immediately her bleeding stopped. And she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Would it be true that this woman exemplified a spirit of faith? Or she portrayed she worked faith, or she showed us that faith works. Because faith comes or faith arrives when you hear and you agree. And she heard that Jesus was in town. Now, she'd been to the clinics. She'd been to the specialists. She had emptied out her resources, and she, but she heard. Now, we've learned how important it is to not just have heard, but keep hearing because there are going to be some situations, conditions, challenges that will continue to come your way in this life. And you've got to continue to hear God's perspective on these things. If it's physical, you've got to keep hearing God's a healer. If it's financial, you've got to keep hearing God's a provider. If it's relational, you've got to keep hearing. If it's emotional, you've got to keep hearing. You've got to keep hearing what Jesus said about it or you'll believe what they're saying about it. 
or you'll believe what they're, what you're thinking about it. You will believe what CNN is saying instead of what God is saying. And then you've got to do what she did. She said, if I touch. See, your faith gets activated by what you say. If I could just touch. God, I believe you said this. But then she accelerated her faith when she touched him. And immediately, I love it when it's immediate, don't you? Have you ever had a moment, though, when it wasn't immediate? Just because you didn't get immediate doesn't mean faith isn't working. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean somewhere behind the scenes, God isn't working. But when you work your faith and you accelerate your belief by action, God responds with his action. Let's read on. So she felt she was healed. But verse 30 says, At once Jesus realized power went out from him, and he turned around and he said, Who touched my clothes? Now Jesus is moving through crowded streets, small little villages. People are hearing about his power. People are coming to him out of need. It would be very common for someone to bump into Jesus. But apparently, it wasn't common for power to go out. There's a difference. You might have been spending time bumping into Jesus instead of grabbing a hold of his cloak by faith. There's a difference. Because when you grab a hold by faith, God said, somebody touched me. Not someone bumped into me. Not someone's been in church. Not someone says they believe. But someone has put some action and some words to what they believe. They said, you can see the people crowding against you, his disciples, full of faith. Jesus, all kinds of people are bumping into you. And you ask, who touched you? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. What if I told you today, Jesus is still looking around for some faith action? He kept looking around to see who had done it. And the woman, knowing what had happened to her, she came and she fell at his feet. She was trembling in fear and told him the whole truth. And Jesus said, how dare you touch me when I'm walking through the crowd? Who do you think you are to have such audacity? No, what did Jesus say? Daughter, your faith action has healed you. You're pushing through the crowd. You're pushing through the diagnosis. You're pushing through the reports. You're pushing through the condition. You're pushing through the, the, the limitations. You're just, you're just crazy enough to push through. Jesus didn't scold her. He commended her. He said, your action of faith actually healed your body. Why? Because she put her faith in the faithfulness of God. How do you know that? Because she heard about him. She heard that he was a healer. She heard he was a provider. She heard that he was one who walked among the people and cured and raised the dead and set people free from demonic oppression. She heard you got to keep hearing and hearing and hearing. And she said, if I can touch, if I, this is what you need to do. You need to keep hearing what Jesus said and say, if I, if I, I, I believe, 
what Jesus said. I believe I'm healed. I believe I'm set free. I believe I'm loose from that addiction. I believe in the faithfulness of Jesus. So much so, I'm going to start advancing. I'm going to grab a hold of it. I'm going to press through. And Jesus said, go in peace and be free from your suffering. Isn't that a cool? That's a, uh, that's a picture of a spirit of faith in action. Listen to this statement. Elbow somebody said, this is about to be good. Go ahead, do it. I'm going to wait. Somebody, I don't, I'm going to do it. Here we go. Listen to this. An act of faith. An act of faith. A faith action. An act of faith always attracts God's attention. Did you all get that? It always attracts the attention of God. And it causes him to move mightily on your behalf. An action of faith always gets the attention of God. And always moves him to move mightily on your behalf. It says this, this is not on the screen, but in Hebrews chapter 10, 39, it says this, we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but we are of those who have faith and we are saved and we move what? Forward. Big things happen when you move in faith. Now it starts when you hear. It continues when you declare but it accelerates when you put some action to what you've heard and what you're saying. Have you ever heard someone just blah, 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 and there's no action to what they say, they just talk. Don't be that person. You be that person who hears, you talk, and you do. That's a man or woman of faith. Now let me throw some examples out there to you. This might sound a little bit funny, and there's no way for it not to sound funny, but over the years, just Pastor Diane and I's ministry, we have had several times that either God has given us a word or we prayed for somebody who is struggling to conceive a child. And God would give us a word like, you're gonna have a baby. Or someone comes forward and they, they're really struggling for whatever reason and we'll lay hands on them. And I'm telling you, it's happened over and over and over that they've ended up, ended up getting pregnant. Now, that's not just because of us. It's just, it's just a thing that's happened. And I've said this to them. I said, you've got to get you a couple scriptures. You stand on it and you believe. But here's the funny part. But then I tell them, you need to go home and what? Practice. I just want you to think about this, right? No, not too graphic, but... Let's say you came for, you're believing for a child and we prayed for you and like, you need to confess it. You need to, you need to believe God wants you to have that child. There's scriptures about that and you need to confess. Get up every morning. Father, I pray we're, we're going to have pregnant. We're going to have little babies. We're going to, we're going to multiply it. We're, we're just going to have babies. And a few months later, how's it going? Oh, we're speaking. We are declaring every morning. We got scriptures on the fridge. We look at each other and, and we just say, you're going to be a father. You're going to be a mother. How many of there's a step we missed? <laughs> Do I have to describe that to you? You have to have a romantic, intimate moment. You got to do the deed. Y'all with me? Shake your head if you're with me, if you understand, right? Okay. I know that sounds a little silly, but that's a good illustration. Maybe you've been... You've been declaring, you've been believing, but you haven't been putting some action toward it. Whatever that action might be. You know, what if that, what if that area might be financial? 
And you can shout about it. You can declare that God's a provider and God's a blesser. But I'm going to tell you what starts moving things is when you take your offering and you give your tithes and you give your offerings and you get crazy enough to be generous and give to other things and other people. Guess what? That's when God starts moving the momentum of prosperity. Not just because you can shout about it. Maybe, maybe it's a physical situation. And maybe you could do some things to become a little bit more healthier. Start moving in that direction. God's action responds to your action. I, I never forget this story. The pastor I worked for before we, me and Pastor Diane um, moved, moved back here to, um, to lead this church. There was a season in his life he was, uh, our pastor was having, um, this was before I worked for him, but he told his story several times. He had all of these crazy symptoms in his body. He, was, he could hardly walk and move at times. And they diagnosed him with MS. And he'd been standing on the word of God, proclaiming the word of God, working the scriptures. And he said he just got to a point where he knew his faith was really stirred. And he said his wife went into the mall, so he figured he had a little while. He was in the car, praying and believing. And he said that he got out of his car and he started walking. And up to this time, there were points where he couldn't walk very far. He was losing his ability and his coordination at times. And so he said he started walking leaning on some cars and walking. And then he just decided, I'm gonna run. And he started falling and getting up. And he said people thought he was crazy, he was scratched up. But all of a sudden, he just kept walking and running and stumbling and stumbling. And all of a sudden, he broke free and broke loose and it broke off of him. He's not had any more problems with it. He's very athletic, he works out all the time. But he was trying to stop things in his life. Now, I'm not saying you just go out on day one and try to run or walk. You get your face stirred up. You get some momentum going. And, and, and that's what he did, some baby steps at first. But I love that story. And maybe that story will help you. Maybe it's physical. Maybe it's financial. Whatever it might be. Because the Bible says this. When you give, what does God do? He responds by giving back to you. Pressed down. Running over. Overflowing. Y'all heard of a guy named Noah? Remember Noah? The little boat he built? Do you know before Noah began to build that boat, there wasn't rain happening on the earth. God spoke to Noah, said, I want you to build a boat. A what? A boat. God gave him specific instructions. And he started what? Building a boat. Everyone thought he was crazy until the rain came. People can think you're crazy until the rain comes. You just got to board by board, start building your boat, start stepping out. Isn't that good? How about we stand? You want to get anything good out of that this morning? I'm not done yet. I got a couple more things to say to you. But I, I want to stir your faith up. The best thing I could do, I was thinking about this this morning. I went outside um, just to start the vehicles and it was cold and I ran out really quick. And, and I was thinking about this. Thinking about my message, it starts running through my head, you know, thinking of all these things. And I was thinking, the best thing I could do for you as your pastor is to teach you how to work faith. The best thing I could do is to teach you how faith works and how you work faith. Here, here's why. Because there might be a moment when you're up against something or you're believing for something and you're somewhere, you're on your own, you're dealing with something 
Say, what do I do? And it's important to have connection. I get that. Our faith can't be codependent on other people. It has to be codependent on the faithfulness of God. And if it's you against everything else going on, if, if, if you can't get a hold of the church, if you can't get a hold of someone, if you can't, you still got to be able to work faith. To hear, declare, and, and speak, and move in action. So I want you to think about a couple of things. I want you to grab a hold of these with your spirit this morning. Y'all doing all right? The Bible says this in the Old Testament, that Joshua and Caleb had a different spirit about them. You say, well, who is, who is Joshua and Caleb? Well, they sent out 12 spies into the land God promised them. 12 spies, 10 Republicans and 2 Democrats. I'm just kidding. Or 10 Democrats. Never mind. But he sent them out into the promised land. And all 12 came back with a report. 10 of them, the report was, the cities are fortified, the people are strong, there's giants in the land, there are good things, but we can't do this. We should go back to Egypt. Two of them came back. Bob said they had a different spirit. And this is, what they're, this is what they said. It's just like God said. It's just right out there where God said it was, which was his promise, the promised land. And they said, we should get up right now and go. What was the difference in spirit? Just because they had a positive outlook? Well, that was part of it. But I believe the difference was they didn't just see it different. They said, we need to get up and do something now. Because they hesitated. They hesitated for 40 years in the desert. Out of that group, Joshua and Caleb were the only two that got to go forward with the next generation. I also love this story. Remember David? Y'all heard of him? Before he was a king. He faced this guy named Goliath. And Goliath every day was trash-talking the armies of Israel. And they were all in fear of him. But this little teenager shows up one day. And the Bible says this, that he began to respond and trash-talk back to Goliath. But that's just not the most important part of the story. The Bible said he reached down and and picked up some stones, put them in a slingshot, and ran at at Goliath. I don't know what I always said, but can you see him coming? You're going down. I wonder what this morning or this week you need to start running at. You need to run with your mouth open, declaring the promises of God, but you've got to run at it. Well, what? I'm just waiting on God when God comes in. But if you have a different spirit about you, I think we should run at some things. We, we should move towards some things. I put it down this way. You, some of you might need to run at your failures because they're haunting you. You might need to pick up the word of God, declare the word of God, but move toward them, that you're free from those failures. You're redeemed from those failures. Some of you might need to run toward your symptoms. Some of you might need to run toward your depression. Some of you might need to run toward those temptations. You might need to run toward the poverty. You might need to run toward your wounds. Stop waiting. I'm just waiting on God. I'm just waiting. And God's saying, pick up the word of God, declare it out of your mouth, and run at that thing. That's what a spirit of faith does. So when does faith work? Well, I've been hearing 
I've been reading me some scriptures. I've been writing them down. I've been putting them on my mirror. I've been hearing them. I've been hearing these messages. That's where it starts because that's when faith starts to arrive. And if you know there's an area of your life that you are maybe deficient in, struggling in, challenged in, could be emotional, physical, whatever it might be, I would get you some scriptures and I would hear some faith stuff about those areas of your life. Because that's how faith starts to arrive. Say, why is faith so important? Because what does the Bible say? All the promises of God are given from the goodness of God, but they are yet received by men and women who put faith to it. So it starts arriving. And you start, you start quoting those scriptures. You start quoting who you are in Christ. You start quoting that you're healed. Even if you've got a diagnosis, I'm healed. You're declaring it. I, I'm healed. I'm set free. I'm an overcomer. You start saying what God said about it, right? So now your faith is activated. So you, you, it's arrived and it's active. Now what do you do? I'm going to accelerate my faith because I'm going to start moving that in that direction. I'm not just going to say it. I'm going to move in that direction. I'm going to be like David. I'm going to run at the giant of my life. I'm going to run at the fear that's been staring at me. I'm going to run with my mouth open. I'm going to run saying the words of God at it. I'm going to move in that direction. That's when you know faith is starting to work. You say, well, what will happen? At some moment, God will respond to your action with his action. And when God starts acting, barren wombs are opened. Strong mountains are moved. Fortified walls might crumble. Finances will open up. Health will come. So how, how can you say that? How can you be so bold about that? Because we've been singing about the faithful God. Put your faith in the faithfulness of God. Put your faith in the faithfulness of God. Did y'all get something good? Here's, here's what. Here's what I'm believing for for you this morning. In a moment, we wrap up, usually wrap up every series by taking communion. So when you came in, you should have got one of these. If you grab that, I'm gonna come back up in a moment. But here's what we're believing for for you this morning. I believe there's an area of your life, there's there's a road, there's a there's a path, there's a, there's a want, there's a need, there's something that you and I, all of us have that, that thing we're believing for, wanting, needing, whatever it might be. Could be uh, it could be a real challenge or it could just be a desire. I want you to know that we serve a way-making way God, amen? We serve a God, as, he can make a way in the desert, he can make a way through a mountain, he can make a way through a, a flood, he can make a way through the fire in your life right now. He can make a, he, I should say it this way, he has made a way on the cross. He made a way. I want you to stir your faith up. We're going to sing this song, Waymaker. Then we're going to do communion. We're going to finish the song out. But I want you to believe this morning. You, I want you to see yourself. You know, maybe it's physical. and Maybe you haven't been able to flourish <clears throat> and run. I want you to see yourself healed, set free, and running. If it's, if it's an addiction, I want you to see yourself set free, delivered from that addiction. If it's pain in your body, free from that. If it's mental, free from that. I want you to see yourself free. That's how God sees you. I want you to see yourself, see God making that way. I want you to praise him for it this morning. <clears throat> and I want you to leave here this morning running toward that thing.